0: It is hard to even imagine the pain and suffering endured by a loving family whose little boy was stolen from them in the blink of an eye, with no explanation as to what happened to him. That is the reality William Tyrrell's family has lived with for 12 months now, going about their daily lives as best they can, while waiting, hoping, and praying for the safe return of their beloved boy. As they prepare for the one-year anniversary of the day their lives came to a crashing halt, William's mum and dad have given their most detailed and harrowing interview yet. I'm Leah Harris from The Daily Telegraph, and I began by asking them to describe exactly what happened that fateful day in Kendal, Friday, September 12, 2014
1: it was just any other normal day for us when we visit lunch we got up, the kids were playing we started to talk about what we were going to do for that day one of the things we needed to do was to go see my dad's grave he passed away in February 2014 and just as things had Move through for us. I hadn't hadn't had a I hadn't had a chance to um, visit him since we'd put him into the ground. So we were planning to do that, and um, and then really my husband needed to. He had a uh, online meeting, and the reception at Mum's place is pretty bad for using the internet. So he had to go somewhere where he could do that. So and just working around that, and when we expected him back home. So it was really just planning what we were going to do for that particular day. And then um you know and then our world really just fell apart when I realized that uh, William was missing. It's hard to to put into detail what happened because I've I've had to say it so many times to, you know, to so many people. Um, And I know that there are so many people who want to know the exact detail and those sorts of things, but it's just so personal for us. It's just that that's our last time with him. Um, I, I feel like I want to keep a lot of those really special memories for us personal, they're our family memories and I know people want to, to know more but I just I, I've just got to keep some things private and special but it's just, you know as, as the time goes on with the whole thing it just it, it's just really hard now to keep talking about what happened on that morning. Essentially
2: it's like any other day <clears throat> that you'll be doing things and in this case it was us arriving to um, uh, Nana's house uh, and uh, you know, get up and in the morning, and everyone's running around getting toys out. We're preparing for the day, uh, making breakfast. Uh, and as you heard, I had to uh, uh, do a, a conference meeting, <clears throat> but the the internet access up there is is pretty awful. So I had to go into town. And I had to fill, also fill a script, uh, only to return to um, to find that. Um, uh, my day and, and essentially uh, my life and my family's have been turned upside down with um, William, you know, us not knowing where he was, um, police being called, searches um, happening um, and um, just in, in, in complete disarray. So it was uh, just a, an awful day, an awful day.
0: The pair said they both cling to their last memories of William, playing with his toys in his Spider-Man suit that morning.
2: The last memory I have of William uh, when I left that morning, um, I, can, I can recall seeing him taking all the toys out of one of the cupboards in Nana's room and bringing them all out in the playroom. And that was fine, and he was just starting to get into... I think he'd already actually got into his, his outfit, um, his Spider-Man outfit, um, you know, running around, completely excited, completely so happy to be where he was and with everyone there. And just his playful, vibrant self, you know, again, that, that magnet of um, attraction to other people.
0: When William dad returned from town that day his life was suddenly turned upside down.
2: i just finished um, doing what I was doing in, in town um, near Lauriton and I'd uh, driven back and I'd driven in, in the garage uh, and then um, my, my wife appeared uh, with uh, William's um, uh, sister and uh, she looked at me and she said, um, Is William with you? And uh, I looked oddly at her and said, no he's not with me I've only just got home, I've just got back Uh, and then that's when my wife said um, I can't find him, we can't find him and so I immediately launched out of my car uh, and uh, began looking furiously as to where uh, he was last seen and then expanded on my search uh, for him, calling out his name uh, and uh, racing around uh, the perimeter of uh, the house, uh, firstly, and then starting to to go through, uh, you know, neighbouring homes, Uh, in fact, some of the homes even back onto the the cemetery uh, where uh, my father-in-law had just been buried only earlier on that year in February. Uh, But I then began what seemed uh, to be a moment of sheer madness of, of, of... Running around yelling at his name and 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 uh searching and and uh, and and trying to find him um, with with no outcome only to then also be i guess uh, uh, the the um the police chris who was the first attending uh, the first attending officer to be i guess um he he um, arrived and uh, to said look you know um, that's all right, settle down, calm down, uh, we're going to find him, uh, and, then, um, and then off I ran again in, in my search for William.
0: When they realised their little boy was missing, it did not take long for their minds to turn to the worst case scenario, a parent's worst nightmare.
2: The first few, few minutes were extraordinarily um, frightening really really frightening it was it was uh <clears throat> it's like this can't be happening it, it, this is not possible uh, how can a child just uh, disappear um and it seemed that you know I, I was expecting any second that he'd been found or he'd fallen down a hole or he'd wandered off or something like that um but as minutes the clock started ticking and ticking the longer and longer it seemed like this was going down a path of, of um extraordinary um situation where i, I thought that um a, a child like this uh, doesn't just disappear without um you know not not being found in the first couple of minutes maybe 15 maybe 20 minutes uh, and my my thoughts did uh, very quickly turn to to something more sinister has, has occurred here
0: because he wasn't one to wander off is that correct
2: look he he, he knew william knew his boundaries and he, he you know and, he, and um, even with his mother when they went shopping or did things you know he'd he'd, he'd, he'd I guess he'd extend his boundaries, you know, like any child does when you go to a shopping center or things like that, and he'd wander off, but he'd still keep you in in sight. He knew that, and that's that's a security measure that most children have. But um, he would never do that, never, ever do that. Um, And he'd always make sure that he, he could check in, he could see where you were, and he could see where you were, and vice versa. But he would never, ever,
1: when I walked around the side of the house and I just looked I just looked out all I could think was why can't I see him why can't I hear him and I'm thinking where's the red where's the red where's the red why can't I see the red I should be able to see red through bushes I should be able to see the red why can't I see it and I'm and I stood there and I I I was I don't know, I think I, I think I turned around in circles thinking, why can't I see you? Where where are you? And that's when I started yelling out, William, you need to talk to me. Where are you? I need to hear your voice. Mummy can't see you. Where are you? You know, talk to me, talk to me. And I just raced around the house. I must have raced around that backyard oh, for maybe 10 minutes, and I've raced back up, and I've said to Mum, he's gone. She said, what? what do you mean, he's gone? I I can't see him. I can't find him. And I just thought, I thought somebody had taken him. It was, I, I'm standing out there and I'm looking down past the trees, down at that street thinking, I can't see red. I can't, I can't hear him. He's gone. Somebody's taken him. I just knew somebody had taken him. It's just Oh, highly unlikely for William to go walking off on his own. He doesn't have that degree of confidence.
0: Thinking of what the little boy would have been going through at that moment is almost too much for them to bear.
1: He would have been absolutely petrified, absolutely petrified. He would have just... Oh, I don't know if he would have screamed. I don't know if, you know... We've everybody's got an inbuilt self-preservation mechanism, and you know we've we've learnt in the last 12 months that children have that that survival mechanism for children's at it in, as humans, it's at your highest when you're a child and. I don't know if he thought I've just got to be quiet and go along, but I tell you that little he would absolutely have been beside himself thinking, Why why are, why are mummy and daddy not here? Why aren't they coming to get me? Why aren't they here? Why aren't they looking after me? I mean, he'd fall over and he'd hurt himself and, and, he'd, be, and he'd, he'd be saying, hurt, ouchie, ouchie, ouch, 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 and it was all about cuddles and comfort and kisses and I love you, I love you. I mean, he would be wanting that from us and there's some stranger who has him and all he would want from us is safety and comfort and to take him back home. And I just, he would would be absolutely petrified. And whatever this person has done with him, I don't know, he would be absolutely, he would be, he'd be scared out of his wits. It would just be awful. Awful.
0: With the anniversary upon them, police finally decided to reveal new evidence about the abduction including two cars William's mum saw parked across the road from her mother's house just before he was taken.
1: I realised that night um, that William went missing that I had actually seen uh, two cars. When we woke up, I always I always open up the, the sliding door that's on the veranda, looking out back down Benaroon Drive from um, mum's place, and as I opened it and I walked out, because there's normally a kookaburra that comes up to the fence, up to, on, to the balcony of the veranda, and I thought of would just say hello to the kookaburra. But I'm looking out over the, um, the veranda, and I see two cars, and I see these two cars just sitting there in the road. And my first thought was, oh, that's, that's odd. I, was, I, I, I looked at these cars thinking, why would two cars be parked on Benaroon Drive? And I looked again, and both these cars had their driver's side windows down. And I just looked again and I thought, well, that's weird because they were parked in the middle of two driveways. And, you know, and I had direct view of them. They would have had direct view of me because if you park there, you can see up. And And I just, I thought it's odd and went back inside and didn't think another thing of it. Um and then we just got you know, in the events of the morning take over in terms of breakfast and getting dressed and all of those sorts of things. And then um the next time I saw those cars, uh, William and I were playing, um, in the garden and we were playing chasings and things like that and I remember just looking over my I don't know, I just remember having this this feeling and looking over um my shoulder and they were still there and i've looked a bit closer and i don't i don't think i couldn't see anybody inside but i remember looking at these cars thinking why are they still there and the driver's windows were down and i'm thinking they're so close together and it was really odd because And the whole time that mum and dad have lived at Kendall, there has never, ever been cars parked on that street. Ever. Um, And I, I, yeah, and I just, it, it just struck me as completely out of character. You know, when you look at a picture and you think that picture just doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Because normally what happens is people come in and park in driveways, or they park close to the house. I mean, these driveways are huge. To park on a road, then walk down a driveway probably takes you three or four minutes. So it, it it just didn't make sense to me. But you know, I'm in Kendall. Why do I think it's an issue? Because Kendall's not the city, and I kick myself. I. Kick myself in terms of why didn't I note down the the number plates? But the logic part of me says, you know what? In Sydney, you'd write down the number plate. In Kendall, there's no reason to write down a number plate. It is one of the most safest towns in New South Wales. And
0: given that it's been, you know, a year and and the owners of those cars haven't been identified, is that what makes you think that it's it's even more likely that they're they're relevant?
1: Well, I think. I think they're relevant because they may have seen william they may have actually seen what happened to him because when i um when chris rowley came up he was a responding uh policeman from when i called triple o i actually walked across where that white station wagon was because i met him on the road i'd been racing around with a couple of the neighbors um you know, looking for William um, before I called Triple O and after I called Triple O, we went back out again and as Chris Rowley's coming up Benaroon Drive, I'm on the left hand side, standing near where that white car, that white station wagon was, I've walked past there and flagged him down and said who I was and you know you know, out you know, William's you know, our, our boy, etc, etc and I didn't remember that until um Coming back from the airport because we collected my sister from the airport, and I remembered it that night on the way back that there were two cars there, and I raced down to the command van because they'd set up a command centre in the backyard, and I raced down there and I said I remembered the two cars, and I described the cars to them and you know and all that sort of thing. So either either they're involved or either. They've seen what's happened And we just need them to come forward To say this is what we saw So were they were they gone From your, from
0: your memory Were they gone when you realised That William had gone missing Were they not there anymore
1: I realised that they weren't there That night When I remembered walking across the road To see Chris Rowley In his car coming up
0: So sometime between when you saw them When you were playing with William and,
1: I definitely um, saw them with William Yeah. And I think I was just so focused on finding William that I just, all I could think was, this is what William looks like. This is what he's wearing. This is what was happening when I last saw him. And I was frantic. We went through everybody's house. Um, Two neighbours came out to help me look for William when I realised. I raced down the road because I thought maybe if he's walked down the road, there's a house there that's got a swing set. I thought maybe he's going to play on the swings. One of the women didn't go to work. She phoned work and said, I'm not coming in. And she stayed with me the whole time, running around, trying to find him, William. And then I reached the point and I thought, he's not on this estate. I have to phone the police. So we'd been looking for William for—I thought—a really short time, but it turns out we'd been looking for him for a really long time. And the problem is, when you're in such, when you're panicked and you're shocked, there's lots of stuff that you don't remember straight away. And I remembered this detail that night: those cars were not there. They were not there when we were looking for him.
0: Experience part two of our in-depth interview with William's mum and dad on the Daily Telegraph website tomorrow, where they go into heartbreaking detail about the effect this has had on their family, as well as delivering an emotional message to William's abductors.